gospel is a very particular word or kind of speech in the Bible. From Genesis to Revelation, the gospel is God's promise of a son who will crush the serpent's head, forgive the sins of his people, raise them from the dead, and give them everlasting life solely on the basis of his grace for the sake of Christ. If you're interested in the, the beginnings of the church, you know, I think looking at the creed is a great way of, of getting into church history and really seeing where the faith kind of came together. In the scripture, the way it presents discernment is actually the skill that you develop where you're able to identify goodness. And what was surprising to me is that is much the way we use the language of discernment outside of the church. The real difference, I would say, like what patriarchy teaches versus what we should believe is that what they believe about the nature of men and women, that there is something fundamentally different about authority and submission between men and women. And that's not just like within particular relationships, but men and women in general. This is their nature. What are the duties required in the Ninth Commandment? The duties required in the Ninth Commandment are the preserving and promoting of truth between man and man. The Gospel never tells us something to do. The Gospel tells us about something that's been done. Hi, welcome to Theology Gals. This is Colleen Sharp, and my co-host is Rachel Miller. And this is going to be our last episode of 2020. I was thinking the other day, Rachel, how many topics we've hit this year. Mm -hmm. Really, a, a lot. And one of the most encouraging things to me is, is some of the feedback we get and letters we get about some of the uh, episodes. And we've gotten a lot uh, about the narcissism episode and then the one with Diane Langberg. And so we may dig into those topics a little more next year in 2021. That sounds great. Doesn't 2020 seem like it's lasted forever? But forever. Sure. Yes. <laughs> like, it's been like the fastest and longest year. I was putting together a uh, photo album for my, um, my in-laws. I do one every year, a photo book of the year. And I was going through and getting pictures together to put all this together. And I have, like, some great pictures from June, January and February. We did some things. And then it's, like, nothing. Lots of pictures of the dog, of us sitting around <laughs> in the house. I'm like, I, it's going to be bad. Yeah. It is amazing to me thinking, I remember, you know, for me, my dad dies in February. Right. And we have his funeral and after all that. And as soon as we're finally kind of getting back to normal life is when quarantine hit. And it's just, it's not really, there is no normal right. life, I guess. Now. Right. It's a new normal. So Rachel and I wanted to talk today about the importance of encouragement. And I think encouragement is something that we all need about now. And even in the darkest times there there is encouragement but we should also be encouraging one another and i know sometimes we we don't feel like doing that sometimes when i think you know i need to encourage my friend over here i end up feeling encouraged also i always like to look up 
dictionary definition and and then also the Bible dictionary definition. Uh, the dictionary definition to inspire with courage, spirit, or hope to raise or to increase the confidence of, to animate, enhearten, to incite, to help forward. The opposite of discourage. We can discourage each other uh, also. But there was something I found interesting in the Bible dictionary definition. Um, that part of what it says is it usually means that one is calling someone to their side in order to teach, comfort, strengthen, or push them to act a certain way. You know, we sometimes use like, I'm going to encourage my son to clean his room today. <laughs> you know, we, we use encourage that way too. But one of, but it also said in the in the Bible dictionary refers to believers offering up evidence that stands up in God's court. And I that's that's really a neat way of looking at it. So sometimes the evidence I'm offering when I'm encouraging someone is of God's love, of his faithfulness, um, what is true about God and what he's done for us. I'm reminding people of that. What looking at the word when you're in our notes when you're pulling this up, um, it's very similar to the word uh, in the New Testament for the the, the spirit, for, the helper or the comforter. Um, in John, when Jesus says that he'll send a helper, it's in the Holy Spirit, and sometimes it says the comforter. Um, it uses these same words, and it's the advocate, right? It's the comforter. It's the uh, like the attorney, the one who gives the evidence, right? And that sense of the the consoler, the encourager, um, I think it gives a real picture of both why we need encouragement and how important that uh, that God uh, considers the encouragement that we need and that we give each other. You know, we we have the church, and those relationships are are important. I think sometimes we have this very individualistic idea about our faith, but God created us to be together as part of the body, encourage one another, walk with one another. I saw one thing in my reading this week, and I wish I would have kept it. You know, sometimes you read something and then later say, oh, wait, I didn't keep this. Um, this is similar to what I'd said. Part of the the Bible dictionary, properly comforting that shows sympathy, cheering someone up by soothing speech with a personal touch. So, but I'd seen empathy used also in talking about encouragement, something that I'd read. That's really great. Um, you know, in, in some of the things that we've talked about and in, in some other episodes, and there are there are some within the Christian community and especially among women, that downplay the need for um, empathy, the need for, um, you know, like self-care being bad, or the need for encouragement and friendships. And I think it's really important that we understand um, the purpose of encouragement and how we are called to encourage each other. And it is a very biblical thing. It is a very important part of who we are as Christians and our responsibilities towards each other as believers. There's almost an attitude sometimes, kind of pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, do what you need to do. Um, Which is completely 
contrary to the corporate nature of our faith, right? We are built together yes, as a body. Exactly. We are saved to be part of, knit together as the body of Christ. And, you know, the promises that are made to us, you know, there are individual promises, but it's a corporate set of promises um, for us as believers. Since since you mentioned self-care, even though that's not what we're talking about, but I think I think it does fit into this. There is a, a good quote from Matthew Henry that I just so happen to have mm. nearby. Um, and he says, there's a self-love which is corrupt and the root of the greatest sins, and it must be put off and mortified. But there is a self-love which is the rule of the greatest duty. We must have a due concern for the welfare of our souls and bodies, and we must love our neighbor as truly and sincerely as we love ourselves. In many cases, we must deny ourselves for the good of others. By these two commandments, let our hearts be formed as by a mold. But when when he talks about there is a self-love which is the rule of the greatest duty, we must have due concern for the welfare of our souls. And sometimes knowing that you need encouragement or maybe to go out to coffee with a friend, you know, um, you, you know, you know, I think any young mom knows that sometimes it's just refreshing to get out of the house, have an encouraging conversation with a sister in Christ. Um, even thinking about Christina Fox's book mm-hmm. on on friendship, Closer Than a Sister. Yes. And it's been really challenging this year, right? You know, many of us have been um, careful in how much exposure we've had with others and one-on-one time, you know, even... Um, you know, in going out for coffee. These kinds of things have been difficult this year. But there are a lot of ways that we can, you know, send each other um, or, or encourage each other, send each other encouragement that um, can still take place even in the um, social distancing restrictions that many of us are following. Um, I've had some really sweet cards from a few friends le- lately, and there have been a number of phone calls and texts and even just, you know, a quick message that let people know, hey, I'm thinking about you today and praying for you and you're on my mind. And it just reminders that we're not all alone. We're not in this alone. And all of us are going through things right now that are difficult uh, to various uh, levels. Yeah, it's, it's been a hard year for so many people and, you know, for for different reasons you know some people are facing financial struggles some people are facing cabin fever from being in the house too much or maybe a combination or their kids are um anxious because they've been cooped up too long and you know there's a lot of a lot of different things that have put stress on us this year as some people have had family members sick from the virus or even lost loved ones and so you know, there's there's a lot of passages, and I think probably some of the the primary passages when we just kind of think about what what Scripture talks about. There's actually quite a few verses that use the word encouragement. Although when I was I was looking in my Bible concordance and then realized, wait, my Bible concordance is a different version than my Bible. Oh. <laughs> so I would like look at this verse has encouragement, and then I'd look it up. Wait, no, it's not there. Oh, it's a different version. Um, but Philippians 2 is, you know, that one's a, a real common one we think of. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there 
is any consolation of love, if there's any fellowship of the Spirit, any affection and compassion. Make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. You know, that whole passage is is pretty long. I'm going to put passages in the episode notes so people can kind of look up. There's a passage in First First Thessalonians, um, towards the end of the book, where you know Paul has been encouraging the believers, and he talks to them about you know the coming day of the Lord, something that we were all looking forward to of His return. And as he finishes that section, he says, um, "For God has not destined us to wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we will live together with Him." Therefore, encourage one another and build up one another, just as you also are doing. Now, so, not only is it, is it important, and we desire to be encouraged. You know, sometimes I I might call a friend that I know offers me encouragement to have to have a chat. But we are also to encourage one another and and find ways. Like Rachel, you were talking about, you know, getting a little message um, or. Uh, a, a note in the mail and and things like that. It's little things even too. If you feel like I don't know how to encourage somebody, sometimes just sending a note or calling a friend and say, "Hey, I'm thinking about you, and I've been praying for you." That's an encouragement. And then Hebrews six eighteen. In the same way, God desiring even more to show to the heirs of the promise the unchanged a bullness of his purpose interposed with an oath so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have taken refuge would have strong encouragement to take hold of the hope set before us. So these are just some ways that we see the word encouragement used in scripture. There is, um, and I can link it, the Bible dictionary that shows uh, what word is translated into encouragement. Another one from Hebrews 10 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So again, you have that that sense of... um, of longing for the coming of uh, the day of judgment for for the return of Christ and what we're to do in the meantime. And part of it is to continue to meet together as believers, to continue to worship together and to encourage each other. And it is, as it says, our hope is in him and he is faithful. And through doing these things, we are, encouraging each other towards love and good deeds. In Romans 15, 4 and 5, for whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. So, we, we see here that the scriptures um, offer encouragement. So, sometimes even that encouragement comes when you're reading through scripture yourself. You, you feel encouraged. I know that... Uh, there's even certain passages, I think we probably all have those, that we turn to when we're feeling discouraged. And we're reminded of God's love for us. We're reminded of the gospel and who God is. And we're encouraged by being reminded of those things. So, you know, that the passage about the encouragement of 
uh, the scriptures. How should we go about encouraging each other? And what are the ways, what, are, what do we go to when we're encouraging each other? Um, one thing I think, of course, the, the key encouragement is to, to remember the gospel, to share the gospel with each other, to remind each other of the gospel. Um, as believers, we never outgrow our need for the gospel. Um, it's not like, okay, the gospel got us saved, and now we can focus on the law and everything else. Uh, because, you know, the gospel, that we've checked that box. You know, the gospel is the beginning, middle, and end. It's everything about um, our faith and how we uh, relate to God is through the gospel and relate to each other through the gospel. Yeah, I, th- I remember when I was younger thinking that um, before I really understood law-gospel distinctions is I felt like the gospel was shared. Okay, now that we got that out of the way and you believe that, now we're going to give you the list of things that you have to do. And when you have that heavy law um, without the gospel, um, it's very discouraging. It's crushing because that even the third use of the law, how we are to live as Christians, is in view of the gospel, what Christ has done for us. That's our motivation for obedience. Yeah, I've heard um, various versions of, of this said um, that, you know, the gospel is for unbelievers. That's what they need to hear in order to be saved. And then, you know, the law is for Christians because, you know, now we need to know how to live. And first off, you know, it's a very incomplete picture because obviously if anyone is going to understand that they are that they are sinners, we all need to hear the law, right? That's the first use of the law, right? To drive us to Christ. Right. And second, it's short sighted because we all need the gospel. Right? We we need to know what our hope is. And as you said, the gospel is what informs the third use of the law. Right. Without the gospel it makes it's still it's burden on us about what we that we can't keep and we know we can't keep them um so i i think that we need to understand a, the importance of the gospel and encouraging each other yeah well everything all everything that we're talking about is in view of the gospel right. and what christ has done for us all of that there's even some um psalms that will you know in in the psalmist discouragement will be reminded of of the salvation that God has given him. Yeah. And again, what we'd add, we'd put a plug in there for Christina Fox's book, uh, Heart Set Free, and the Songs of Lament, Psalms of Lament. Um, and that's all, that's the, the last part of the Psalms when you're writing your own Psalm of Lament is to remember what God has done and remember that he, our, our hope is in him. Yeah. That, that is a, that's our ultimate hope when we're offering encouragement, we're offering hope. Another way we can encourage um, people is the truths about God and who He is. Um, you know, sometimes I think for various reasons in someone's life, they, they struggle with how they see God. There, there's all kinds of reasons. It can be tied to someone's parents or something. They'll feel like God is mad at them or they'll struggle with assurance or things like that. And just from the Word of God, finding finding scripture to encourage somebody about who God is that um, that he's faithful that he loves that he loves us that he cares for us the 
these are great encouragements. And I know in in really difficult times of suffering, um, it's I know it's helpful for me to remember that about God, that when I'm suffering, when I'm going through different things, that He cares for me. It's important to remember that not only is He sovereign, but that He's good, and that He loves us. That He, what He is doing in our lives and the lives of others around us is for our good and for our best. And I think it's important to remember the combination there of both sovereign and good, um, just and loving. And it's not like he does one and he does the other. He's always but all of those, right? God doesn't have parts. He's always sovereign and love and good and just and faithful. And we can trust him even when things are very painful and very difficult, that not only is he still in charge, but he is still working through these for our best and for our good. And while we may not understand it or see it at the time, and may only see it in great retrospect, um, we can trust these things that we know are true. Yeah, that that's one of the things about Christina's book. I know Rachel and I mention it a lot, but... Um just holding on to those things that we know to be true about God, even when we're in great distress. Those those things about God are still true, even when things are not going well, even when um, we're suffering. Those things about God are still true. One of the one of the passages I was reading this week, so I added it to our notes here, was Psalm one twenty one, and I was thinking about this in regards to encouragement to. Um, Remind someone that our our help comes from the Lord. I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. From where shall my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. This is the God of the universe. It's kind of amazing sometimes to reflect upon His power and His goodness. Um, that is an encouragement to me. It's one of my favorite passages. Um, Psalm 121. It's just, you know, he neither slumbers nor sleeps. Right? Yeah, the whole thing just, is just encouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, as one who has struggled with insomnia since I was a kid, you know that the comfort of knowing that He is always there with us, even when we're awake in the middle of the night and everything's scary, uh, which doesn't change from a kid to an adult. Just what you're scared of and the monsters in the dark change, but it's still the same. Right. You know, wake up in the middle of the night and. Don't, not sleeping in the middle of the night and scared of the monsters. But he is always there with us, um, even in the dark, because he is never sleeping. He is never um, off duty. You know, He never gets tired of us and quits for a while. You know, he's always there. And um, sometimes when I can't sleep in the night, I'll listen to um, some music, you know, some of the psalms, and it's helpful. Because you know how that insomnia is? You can't sleep, which makes you anxious. Mm-hmm. Which is like this horrible cycle. I had a friend that um, encouraged me listen to listen to some try listening to some music. Second Corinthians four sixteen. Therefore, we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. 
while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are not seen are temporal, but the things which are seen are eternal. When we're either looking for encouragement ourselves or encouraging someone else, we do have a greater hope that there is something beyond this. No matter how difficult things get, um, you know, one day we will be with the Lord and we will no longer suffer. You know, one of the the passages that I go to to find great comfort in, um, it's John 14, and in many of your Bibles you may see the, the, the heading of it is, Jesus comforts his disciples. And this is towards the end, this is, uh, he's got his eyes on the cross and what's coming, and he knows what's coming, and they don't, but he's encouraging them. And, you know, this is where... He's going to tell them, you know, that he's going to send the Spirit, and it's for their for their good that he goes away. And you know, these are hard things for them to hear. But he says, fourteen twenty seven. Uh, he tells them, "Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful." And he's encouraging them that he is going to leave, be sending the comforter, they are not going to be alone, and that he is going to come back for them. And just for them and for us, it is the the most encouragement that we can have, is that we are not alone, uh, that God is always with us, and Jesus will return for us. And he has given us the Spirit as a guarantee of his return and of his work in us. 2 Thessalonians 2, 16 and 17. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who has loved us and given us eternal comfort and good hope by grace, comfort and strengthen our hearts in every good work and word. Uh, you know, this is a... We we receive encouragement from the Lord. Um, you know, I've, I've had so many instances of that where I've felt discouraged and really felt the encouragement of the Lord through His Word, or um, even the Lord may use other people in my life to bring encouragement. There's so many different, when I think about encouragement, there's so many different ways that um, that I've been encouraged, you know, in, in my Christian life, whether it be through a passage of Scripture, whether it be through song, whether it be you know, sometimes I get encouragement from a brother or sister in Christ that they weren't even seeking, you know, out to encourage me, and yet they encourage me. Those are some of the sweetest ones sometimes, you know, that when God uses us in those ways to encourage others, and we're not even aware that that was what was happening, and you find yes. out later, it really meant a lot to me, when you, and you don't even remember what you said, right? You don't remember it being anything in right. particular, but it was encouraging to the person. And, or you go to someone and say, you know, it really meant a lot to me you know, when you, you know, said these things. And it was something that they didn't even realize that they were encouraging you on. So it's, it is quite a blessing how we get to be used in each other's lives. Yeah, you know how you have certain um, points in your life where something happens that's kind of life-changing or... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's something that you always remember, something somebody said or something that happened that the Lord uses it in some way that that you remember this thing. 
And I had a situation like that as a teenager where a woman that worked with our youth group um, had a talk with me really late at night um, when um, we were at youth camp. And I was an older teenager at this point, but I had this conversation with her. She does not remember it whatsoever, but it meant so much to me at the time. And the Lord really used that conversation. But, you know, she's working with youth, probably having conversations often. Um, but for me, it just really stands out and was kind of life changing because of the encouragement that she gave me. Well, you always um, post. Matthew 11, 28, 28, to 30. 28 Rachel. Uh, yes, every 28 to 30. 28 to 30. Mm-hmm. You're right. Every Sunday. Matthew 28 <laughs> to, to 30 every Sunday. So maybe you could um, talk about that and why why it's so important that you post it every week. That per- verse in particular um, and why on Sundays. I find great comfort, and I'll read the passage in just a second. I find great comfort in the passage. Um, it is an encouragement of, of finding rest in Christ. I post it on Sundays because there are a lot of times that people post things on Sunday to encourage us to go to church that tend to be things that can lay a burden, right? Like, I don't really feel like going to church, but I'm going because it's supposed to go. Or, you know, I know life is hard, but we're called to go, so we must go. And I started posting this on Sundays because I wanted people to remember the reason that we're called and the reason that we go and the reason that we worship is that our only hope is in Him and our only rest is found in Him. And so I post these as an encouragement from myself and for others who um, who are, like me, struggling. Um, and so the, the verses say, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I love that. It's one of my favorites. When I'm feeling discouraged, I look it up. Mm-hmm. It is one of those that it's just, so every Sunday when I do it, it is for me. It's a comfort for me and a reminder for me, and that we are being called in worship. We're being called to come to Him and rest and find our rest. And. It is the Sabbath rest, which is in Him, that we have. And so, yes, I, I do post it, and that's why. And I hope it encourages others when I do it. And if you start doing it, you do not have to credit me for it, because clearly anyone can do this. Or find a verse that you like, that you encourage others with. Um, there are a couple other, you know, Psalm 139, of course, is one of my favorites. Um, you know, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Right. Um you have enclosed me behind and before and laid your hand on me. All of these reminders of his um, presence with us, which is the comfort. And we need to be reminded of that. Uh, yeah, you know, we have a um, a reformed pastor friend, and we never attended his church, but he's a friend of ours. And he's very good at, you know, in the end of the sermon. He always leaves you with the gospel, with your hope. And he explained to us once that he didn't want to leave people crushed. He wanted to leave people with their hope. And, you know, just even talking about why the gospel is important to to our encouragement. I, I know that we have 
a lot of listeners, a lot of girls in the group um, that are really struggling right now, that they're feeling discouraged, you know, as the dictionary definition said, encouragement is the opposite of discouragement. Um, I'm going to put some of these verses together. One of the things I would recommend if you're if you're feeling like that, is have some verses that you go to, maybe a notebook or maybe have an app on your phone or, um, you know, a document on your computer that you kind of go to because we need to be reminded of these things. Rachel posts that every single Sunday, but I don't tire of reading it every single Sunday. Um, Having some songs that are encouraging to you. Having friends that um, you can talk to when you're feeling discouraged. You can... Uh, talk to and pray with. Um, sometimes calling up a friend and, you know, just sharing what you're going through can be helpful and they can offer some encouragement. And it's not wrong to recognize that we need encouragement and seek that out, right? That's, it's, it's not sinful to recognize that we have a need for encouragement and to look for help from others in that way and to share our struggles. Um, To be perfectly honest, I have struggled a lot uh, this year feeling very distant from God. And I know that He's with me. And I know that He is. And it's not that things are hard, therefore, you know, I don't trust Him. It's it's just, it's a season and things feel hard right now. Um, And so I'm, I'm constantly going back to these verses and these reminders that... Uh, he is with me, and that He is always with me, and He won't leave me, and that He is encouraging He is encouraging me through my friends, and through His Word, and through sermons, and songs, and many other ways. Um, I see His hand in these things. But um, just to say, that's it is natural um, as believers to have times when we um, we feel that distance, and you know, even the confessions and catechisms uh, talk about it, right? As a you know, we we do not lose our salvation simply because we don't feel very assured of it at the moment, right? And so, just as another encouragement, if you're feeling that way, you know, your fact your feelings don't determine the facts of life and the facts of of who God is and what He's doing and what He has done for you. And it's going back to clinging to the truths and the things that we know. Well, even the psalmist mm. had times, you know, Psalm 13, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? Will you keep hiding your face from me? Well, God hadn't forgotten him. <laughs> God wasn't hiding his face. But even the psalmist um, had times of feeling far from God. And what did he do? He held on to what he knew to be true about God. Um, but I have trusted in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. That psalm says um, in the end. So, you know, hold hold on to that. And I, I will tell you, there's times I have a couple friends that if I'm feeling really discouraged, I'll call them up. I really need some encouragement right now. Um, or, or I'll say to my husband, I'm really feeling down. I need some encouragement. In uh, one of the verses that I memorized uh, a few years ago through another difficult time, uh, it was Romans fifteen thirteen. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And 
just all the words in that and repeating them, you know, the God of hope, fill you, joy and peace, right? abound in hope, and it's through the power of the Spirit. And just thinking through all of that and what it means and what it means for us as believers. It's great encouragement. And and that right there really is what we're talking about with en- encouragement, being reminded of our hope, offering um, that reminder to others of of our hope. I'll, I'll offer one last thing that um, I did years ago that has been of great encouragement to me, and that was memorizing Heidelberg Catechism mm-hmm. 1-1, you know, what is your only comfort in life and in death, that I am not my own, but belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. I won't recite the whole thing, but memorizing that, I, I can't even tell you how often when I'm feeling discouraged that um, I recite that to myself, and I'm reminded of my my hope, I'm reminded of the gospel, I'm reminded where my comfort lies, and I'm encouraged by that. So, well, um, if you have any uh, topics that you would like us to address in 2020, feel free to email us at theologygals at gmail.com. We're going to be doing some planning soon. I also put a post in the Facebook group, so you can go try to find that if you want to write something, or you can reach out uh, to one of us. Uh, we have some different ideas for for next year. Um, I think one of the reasons why we've hit on some of the topics of abuse is because, well, at least for me, I'm learning that it exists far more than I realized. And there's a lot of people in difficult situations that are not, um, don't even realize they're in an abusive situation, aren't sure what to do. I, I get messages often. And I think the church has historically kind of failed in um, dealing with it correctly or even understanding it. And so, um, hopefully... We're encouraging people to that end. I know a lot of people have bought Diane Langberg's new book and found that really helpful. And we did a lot of books this year. We did. A lot of really good books. And, you know, we already have some um, on the docket for next year. <laughs> so um, it's like, it was a good, a good year for books. Mm-hmm. And I really feel for the authors who've been, who published, uh, had books come out this year because. You know, none of the conferences and the the um, you know going to like speak at retreats or other things happened this year, or very few did. And so, you know, the, a lot of the places that book sales happened didn't. Um, but uh, so yeah, if you can uh, share some of the books that you found encouraging this year with others, it'd be a blessing to to the authors that we know. Yeah, that's a, a really good reminder because there's a lot of ways that authors promote their books at different conferences and events and um, speaking engagements and things like that. And this has just been such a, it's been a, a rough year for a lot of people, writers and, and musicians and, you know, things like that, um, just because it's such a different year. And I, I kind of feel like it's never going to end. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it will. We are praying it will. It yes, will. yes. Um, I mean, it may, I'm not saying January 1st everything's going to be 
totally different because it's now 2021. I, I know that that's, well, it's a mental place in our minds that we're thinking about. You know, now it'll be a different year. It, a lot of the same problems are obviously going to continue. But um, we do have hope that things will get better and things will change. Because they usually do, to some degree. Yeah, and th- there is something about um, something about a new year in the in the Jewish faith. They they have um, a different new year, but it is kind of a whole process of um, starting over and and things like that. If you are somebody that's wanting to read through the Bible this year. Um, we do have um, a, a Bible reading schedule that Rachel has put together with a notebook, so you can kind of journal or write things that you're learning along that Bible reading schedule. I'll link all of our journals. Um, it's it's also a great time to maybe start learning the catechism or teaching it to your children along with some scripture, and we do have our scripture and, cate- and catechism memory books also. I know um, I've heard from a few people that are utilizing those now. Um, and, you know, the, the things that that we talk about, you know, encouraging one another, this is a way that you can even encourage your children. Um, I, I can't tell you how often that because my kids memorize the catechism that it comes up in theological discussions. Oh, yeah, that's right catechism question you know whatever says this now i remember the answer and so that's a really a big helpful one and heidelberg one one for your kids too to remind them of what their hope is so well we will be back in 2021 thank you um so much to our listeners for for listening we we grew a lot in um this last year um surprisingly our fourth year of podcasting which will hit four years um we got as many downloads as the first three years combined so we are encouraged by that um if you would like to support what we're doing you can um support us monthly on patreon and then also you can give a one-time gift on paypal and i will link that that's always linked in our episode notes links to be able to do that and um also on our webpage at theologygals.com. So we will be back next year.